Welcome to Warriors of Wazdi, or Wazd as some people call it. We are the Kings of QWERTY, the Regionals of RAM, the Dukes of Display Monitors, the Czars of Zero Latency, the Swim Team of Steam, the Gringos of Game Pass, the Frederick Douglass of Dual Wielding, and part of the PC Tester Race. I am Middle Click Mike. I'm with Alt Tab Adam, our very That's political me. correspondent. Yeah. That's and our grease, yep. And our grease monkey import Datsun Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, I'll right. take that one. That's a win for me. Yeah. Know your role. So we're here to talk about the intellectual, philosophical, quizzical, relational, and historical parts of PC gaming. PC gaming has been around for forty plus years, so we have a lot of content. Stay with us, people. And we're also part of a network called Campus 180, a safe, loving, and passionate Christian community that wants to draw people near with good talks and great life skills. College kids and young adults, head over to 180Fun on Discord. Link is in the bio. Or twitch.tv 180Fun, O-N-E-8-0 Fun, and come hang with us. We play a lot of Apex. It's fun. Um... Speaking of giving us uh, great reviews because you love us, uh, please give us a five-star rating and smash that subscribe button on the app of your choice, whether it's Apple, Android, Spotify, or Ham Radio. How's everybody doing today? Oh, man. Same soup, just reheated. Same <laughs> soup. Oh, I like that. I'm borrowing that. You can have it. Yeah. Same pants, different day. <laughs> Same scarf, different wind. I have to workshop that one. Yeah, no, I'm doing doing good, doing good, loving life. I mean, it's you know, we're kind of in a we're in a dry we're in a dry moment right now where there's not a lot of you know, there's a gap in the content, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi's kinda finished its run. You know, Thor: Eleven Thunders, and until another week, you know, there's not too much out in terms of like content. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of like, now's a good time to check your uh, the back libraries of your mm-hmm. to watch lists mm-hmm. or playlists or play because we are video games, so we have to stick to our brand. Yeah, we can't um, talk about <laughs> anything else. Yes, uh, you you're thinking of our other podcast, Magicians of Movies. Um, that's a good one check it out I know yeah definitely check it out definitely believe that that's real Um, anywho I have an icebreaker for today and we actually have feedback from some of our listeners Mm -hmm. and from our cousin podcast Retro Logic I love those guys they're here for us they might even listen to us I'm not sure ooh (laughs) right. So, what game was amazing when you bought it, but now has not aged very well? Man. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a tough one, right? Because I think, I think a lot of people kind of, like, get their hopes up for something, or, you know, or, you know, they have to wait. They wait so long to get it, and then they finally get it, and they're like... Oh man, this isn't it didn't quite hit the mark and unfortunately mm-hmm. I think it's becoming 
more and more um, common now with um, some new, some of the newer releases. I, I mean, I was very excited for for Cyberpunk 2077 when that came out, and when mm-hmm. that released, it was very disappointing. I mean, I I ended up finishing the game, and I I like the game. It's fun, but it just it didn't it didn't hold up to the hype. Uh, it didn't, uh, it wasn't your Skyrim of tea. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, it billed itself as, you know, the, the, the cyberpunk RPG of the future, and man, it just couldn't deliver. Not even Keanu could have saved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of game like, when I saw it, it reminded me of Deus Ex, Deus Ex. And part of me just thought, you know, Deus Ex is very easy to play now these days. And it's already been proven that it's a good game. So if I ever have an itch to play a cyberpunk game, I'm just going to play Deus Ex. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's the best for a reason, but... <laughs> but it doesn't have Keanu Reeves. It doesn't. And, it does not. And the but you character cust- Yeah, and the character customization is not as in-depth, uh, which is a whole different scandal of its own. <laughs> to be fair, uh, that's part of the reason why I like uh, playing a lot of MMOs, is I'll spend half an hour, 45 minutes of customizing my character mm-hmm. uh, before actually playing the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's a here's a thought, Adam, that you made me think of. There, the the world of playing a demo and the world of rentals is all but gone. So we have to just take people's trailers and people's uh, let's plays as our only, uh, you know, maybe reading a review, as our only proof that a game is good, which doesn't necessarily mean. Um, when someone reviews it, that it's going to be good for us. We just know it's good for them. So to to shell out $60 for something with hype that you have no idea if it can play or will play, that's dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it definitely it definitely was the last time I, I pre-ordered something. <laughs> I, I learned my lesson. Um, I, and I mean, like I said, like I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed my time playing it, but yeah, the, the crashes, the bugs, you know, sometimes I would just have to take a break cause it was getting a little too frustrating. Yeah. You, you got it at its rawest form. You didn't even wait for the patches. No, no. I played it right out of the box. Yeah. Tisk tisk. Yeah. And I, and you know, so I, I guess I would say that's my, you know, that's the that's the easy answer for me, right? That's that, but I I feel like that's the top of everyone's list, and maybe this one, um, my next thing that I'm gonna say might be a little bit more, a little bit more tra- controversial, but um, yes, I wasn't the biggest fan of Terraria. Uh, it's just mm. it was fine. Um, I, you know, it feels like there's a you know a sizable community online. A lot of my friends played it. A lot of my friends loved it. And I played it. And I was like. It's worse Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. It's I, it's Minecraft minus one dimension. 
Yeah, you know that is funny. Uh, Terraria is like you know Mar or is, is like Mario Brothers on the NES, and then Minecraft is like Mario sixty four. Um, and you seem like a Mario sixty four kind of a guy. I mean the 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 three D three D aspect was definitely nicer, but it just for what did it for me was just how overwhelming the game was like minecraft kind of gives you everything in bite-sized chunks you kind of level up into it but terraria it's just like yeah you can there's a teleporter there's giant monsters that just appear for no reason if you dig too deep you'll find like this demon cave and i don't know it was just it was so much for me all at once and i just um when i started playing all my friends were like you know had all this gear and they were super far ahead of me and i was like yeah i'm good yeah that's true it's it's kind of like the new the new trend in those souls like games where they just kind of open a whole new world to you and like right off of the bat like you're you could be level one and you go down the wrong path and you see like a level 40 boss and you're like is this am i supposed to beat this guy or is he just you know something fun for me to try and tackle and you just don't know Right. No, totally. What about you guys? Well, I'm I'm uh, looking. Oh, you go, Mike. Okay. Well, I I'm just gonna say I tried to relive my time splitters um, back back when uh, PS2 was hot. Um, like I had gotten PS I had gotten the PS2 version of Time Splitters too. And I love that game. I loved it because, you know, it was T-rated, so it was still kind of, uh, it was still clean, but, you know, there was still, like, shooting. There was a lot of pew-pew, a lot of customization. And when I had it back in uh, the PS2 era, like, I was, like, nailing levels left and right on the on medium difficulty. And in that game, uh, you get more stuff if you beat it on medium. In fact, the levels are, you get a, the levels add even more missions for you to play. So if you're playing it on easy, you're not even playing the full game. So um, I've always complained, oh man, I wish Time Splitters was back. I wish Time Splitters was back. Um, and finally, I found it on the Xbox. Um, and I started playing it. And the, the, the aiming was atrocious compared to what we have now in first-person shooters. Um, you know, you, you try to move your your cursor a little bit, and it always recenters itself. Um, there's no aiming down the sights. Well, you know, the aiming down the sights is kind of very primitive. Uh, the checkpoints are like 15 minutes apart. So when you die, you have to do 15 minutes of stuff all over again. And I'm like, why did anyone ever like this game? Like, I couldn't get off the first level on medium difficulty. I thought it would be like riding a bike. And I'm like, no one should want to play this. You know, I game of the year, no. This is game of not <laughs> of the year. And so, you know, I left disappointed. But people tell me that, like, uh, Time Splitters 3... Like fixed everything and made it more Halo friendly, so I have to believe them. 
Yeah, no, I... Yeah, I, I, and unfortunately, I think a lot of ports from console to PC, they, they sadly usually don't go too well. Well, that was the thing. Like, now I understand why the PC never got Time Splitters 2 or 3, because by then, the computer already had mastered what an FPS should play like and how it should feel. And, you know, the PS2 and the Xbox were kind of just catching up. And so they're like, no, no, don't put that trash on our PC, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely. No, it's it, and it's it's kind of weird because I think people always associate consoles with first-person shooters, but you know, realistically, no, you know, right? Uh, PC is um, the you know the granddaddy of them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of how to say this without sounding snobby. Um, but I, I think the, the console, uh, just makes, makes it so much easier for casual players to approach games than computers is. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's a lot more casual friendly, um, comparatively to the, to mouse and keyboard and computer gaming um and i Uh i think that the um to try to transition between like console games to computer there is uh like there's that age-old argument of um aim assist versus uh no aim assist and all that uh jazz that comes along with it all that baggage um Uh But I think that, uh, regardless, I think the uh, the consoles do a very good job of uh, of the shooters. It's just really hard to try and bring it to uh, computer gaming uh, because people aren't used to aim assist. They're not used to X, Y, and Z. Um, and then uh-huh. the the way that the source codes are written for console don't necessarily translate well to the uh, to a different medium, uh, which is computers, um, like that uh-huh. aim assist thing. Um, like we have, uh, mouse and keyboard players, we have our fingers, our wrists, our elbows, and then our shoulders to move the mouse and have that fine control while, um, console players and with the, uh, the joysticks, you only have your thumb. <laughs> um, uh-huh. You're very limited on that fine motor uh, motor control that you have comparatively, um, and and I think that's just one of the differences between console and uh, computer gaming. Um, but you know, I I would tend to agree that uh, like computers have perfected the first person shooter because you can look at CS:GO, you can look at. Um, we're, we're the big shooters. CSGO, um, there's Valorant, um, Valorant yeah, uh, mm-hmm. all those games. And then uh, consoles have uh, Siege and uh, 
Call of Duty, but even that's made the transition over onto the computer too. Um, mm-hmm. So really, um, like yeah. in my mind, the com- the real competitive scene. Um, not saying that console gaming isn't competitive, uh, but like there's just something sweatier about computer gaming compared to console gaming. I don't know. I I would I think I would totally disagree. I don't think that there's um can you point to like a a PC game that's come out that is as serious and dedicated um to a player base like, you know, the 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 Last of Us series or you know, any of those games that came out on the PlayStation in the PlayStation 4 era or you know, games like that like the, the and I guess this will kind of lead into a, a later question, but um I think consoles have perfected the 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 solo player experience, and uh, PC uh, PC is strayed from that. I, I don't think you could point to a single PC title that has um, a quote unquote more serious gaming than than you know anything else. I think everything. I think PC and and console have reached an, an even playing field on on multiplayer games. Um, but in terms of like sweaty, like first person, like for, like single player, you know, gaming experiences, like Horizon Zero Dawn is a is, you know it's a console game. You know the mm-hmm. there's 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 not a PC game that can that can compete. Um, well, so here's That's... here's my fresh light on the topic. Um, there's definitely a different play attitude between a console and a PC. On PC, mm-hmm. you you have to sit upright. You need good posture. You need mastery over like six out of the hundred keys. Um, while when I'm playing a console game, you know it's all the thumbs doing all the work while I sit in a recliner. Of course, now you can because they there's no there's no such thing as like exclusivity anymore. You can bring over your controller to your PC. You can bring PC games to your console, so I think it's very blurred right now. Um, but sure. you know, I I feel like I I feel like I'm still in that mindset when I'm playing a computer game. Like I feel like I'm playing something very technical if I'm using my wrists and my keyboard. While uh, if I'm playing a console game, you know, it could be the exact same game, but like my thumbs have a different feeling than my wrists and my arms do about a game. I, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think the only thing that the the PC has going for it in terms of like exclusivity is just RTS games. Like, there's the you know, console is never going to be able to do an RTS game like a PC, like a Crusader Kings. But mm-hmm. um, that's because it's just it's just geared towards you know mouse and yeah. keyboard. Um, I, I do want to say push back a little bit on that because there's uh, Sid Meier's Civilization Revolution on the Nintendo DS, which I think did a fantastic job. <laughs> yes, well, that's see, that's, that's yeah. my point. You uh, can put the game with a stylus. Yeah, yeah. PC is like the English language; like it's accepted everywhere. Uh, while Nintendo is like French, it's accepted some places, but not everywhere. PlayStation's like German, Xbox is like Spanish, 
Um, mm-hmm. So the PC is kind of like the universal, we'll accept anything and will not be special for anything um, kind of a, a system. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say except for like, you know, like Age of Empires or mm-hmm. Hearts of Iron, um, you know, Rise of Nations, like those, like those, those games are, they can only be good on, on yeah. PC. True. Yeah. And also the mod community. Um, if you're into modding, you can't get it anywhere but PC. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. People tell Just me you can, of, uh... you can pick mods on your Xbox Skyrim, though I haven't seen that. I can't verify that. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I feel like we've we've gotten away from the uh, the original oh, yeah. point here. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, let yeah, me yeah. let me read some comments about what other people say are games that uh, they thought were amazing when they got them, but then they kind of just they fizzled out, and now they are no more. Uh, we have our good friend Octorock saying that he loves the Ocarina of Time game when he first got it, but and it's one of his favorite franchises. Uh, but when he's playing through the game again on 3DS, it's kind of a struggle. Um, even though it was the absolute pinnacle of adventure gaming and still a milestone for all gaming, but even with the updated graphics and improvements on the 3DS, it's not really that transportive magical experience it was 25 years ago. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think that's more that that has to do with the fact that he's playing it on a port rather than, you know, on, you know, on a console somewhere. Yeah. Well, you need you need the bear claw, is what you're saying. <laughs> um, well, no. I mean, there was a you know there was a port to GameCube, and um, you know, I played like a dream then. Well, you know, it it might not have just. Um, it might not be as complex as adventure RPGs are now, is what he might be saying. You know. It, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's hard to go back to any of the other Zelda games now that Breath of the Wild is out. It's just, you know, Breath of the Wild has just transformed the genre. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can see what he's saying. Yeah. Oh. So our good friend Dan from Retrologic says, "My recent time playing Earthworm Jim games has me questioning my taste as a child." Yeah. What Earthroom Jim? Total uh totally unplayable to to some. Uh, I can maybe get past the first level and then it's just, you know, throw the game out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was never a fan of 3D or uh, like 3D jumper puzzles and Oh, we're talking jumper puzzles and yeah. shooters. Um I just I don't know. I was never a fan. All right. Wario Land, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah. Not a shooter, though. <laughs> the 2D platformer so much fun. Yeah, Wario has a special place in our hearts. Um, 100%. Bintendo Man says Animal Crossing on GameCube. Been playing it for a month now. Still has the magic, but the UI and absolute crawl in terms of pace is brutal. Yeah. 
Um, and then our good friend Octorock says, I get frustrated with the pacing of New Horizons. I haven't really been into Animal Crossing. You know, um, let's see. Our good friend $2 Hero says, uh, another disillusioned modern Ocarina of Time fan. I feel the exact same way. Immeasurably important game to me in the entire video game industry. No question, but it just doesn't hit for me anymore. And to be absolutely fair, I think much of it for me is familiarity. Okay. Uh, just the thought of having to enter the water temple, says Octorock. Again, feels like a, mm, yes, yeah, sure, I'd like to take the SAT tests again. So, there's, here's my, here's my uh, hot take. No video game has ever made a, a water level that I enjoy, except for Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> That's the only game. And the whole thing is the water level. Yeah. <laughs> when the mechanic is built around swimming, then the water's actually fun. That's fair. Uh, another friend, Bozo, says, I'll go with Metroid Prime 3. At launch, it felt like a great finale to the trilogy, and the controls felt fresh. Nowadays, it's clear they were trying to ape some set pieces from Halo, and I'd much rather just play with the more comfortable GameCube controls. That's because you guys are playing Nintendo games. Nintendo games. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think a lot of, and you know, I I appreciate all the uh, all the feedback. I think it's all it's all good and valid. But I think a lot of it is, um, you know, these people are, you know, they're coming back to older titles with the expectations of playing like with newer <laughs> with newer expectations. So, I mean, I, I think this one points to like the uh, the the danger of nostalgia. Like, you know, like, I think companies rely too much on it or uh, people think things in the past were better than they were, they are now. Uh, but when they go back and actually play it, it's just like, oh, wait, no, it's actually, it's actually not. Things are way better now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like case in point, you know, I think nobody would argue that, you know, 007 GoldenEye was, you know, the best FPS shooter of its era. But it's unplayable now. It's totally un. You can't play it. Yeah. Same. No, I'm gonna get flack from this, but same with Turok. Uh, <laughs> the N64 controller, while it is revolutionary for um, consoles taking on first-person shooters, um, I would rather use the Xbox foot pedals <laughs> than use the N64 controller. Yeah, no, it's it's not great. I mean, and it, it goes for any of the games. Like the original Tomb Raider game, unplayable. The the targeting is undecipherable. <laughs> the the jumping is impossible. Yes. Like, games games weren't better before. <laughs> they just right. they, they just aren't in comparison to now. They just they aren't. And, we you we know, didn't. Some people might get yeah. mad at me. Yeah. But no, they can kick rocks. It's you. There's you can't tell me. That anything that's come out before 2000 is better than Elden Ring. Elden, Elden Ring is 
the pinnacle of video game achievement, and uh, it, there's there's nothing better that's mm-hmm. ever been created. Period. Well, you <laughs> see, I can I can it. hear my friends. I can hear their blood boiling right now, thinking, "Oh, Donkey Kong Country destroys Elden Ring," or uh, you know, Kirby never gets old. Yeah. And I can see where they're coming from. Some games are, they were just so ahead of their times that they're still playable now. Like Mario 3, for example. It's a very playable game. It probably is why Nintendo is so rich. <laughs> and, hey, like, you know, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. on anyone's parade, but... You know, it's. I think it's totally fine to have people's. You know, have your favorite game and say it's better than anything that's out. And you know, I'm not even saying this as an Elden Ring fan. I just, you know, in in terms of like, could you know, technical achievement. You know, Elden Ring is everything that a video game can be. Right. It's yeah. the ultimate expression of the genre. And you know, it's. I know, it, it's going to take something really special to, to unseat yeah. You have to appreciate that back in the 80s and 90s, all they had were, like, computers with, like, black screens, and you typed in code, and you're like, I really hope this code makes a plumber. And <laughs> if it did, you had a good game. If it didn't, well, you know, compared to what they have now, where you can, like, play test it, you can download assets, you can... It had so many engines, so uh, I definitely say that uh, the the games that are still playable in the 80s and 90s were made by geniuses that no one in today's gaming should have any excuse why their game sucks. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, Elder Ring stands on, you know, the shoulders of the giants that came before it. But, yeah. You know, like, it's... You know, you, you, you Fall Guys <laughs> isn't, you know, isn't even in the same arena as Elden Ring. Like, it, it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys. Um, but, you know, I that, that was a that was a that was a good discussion. I, I'm, I'm glad we got some input for some others, but mm-hmm. uh, I think we've uh, I think we've taken a dead horse to water <laughs> to try to make it drink. <laughs> Yes, but we want to teach um, it to fish for a lifetime or something. Or, something like that. Yes. Uh, so we move on? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just going to say that our, our good friend Live Sam, uh, he didn't like Fable 3, that sinner. Um, <laughs> our good friend, uh, the fool thinks he is wise, doesn't like gadget racers on Game Boy Advance. And our very own Datsun Dan thought Breath of the Wild is a joke. <laughs> I didn't say it was a joke. Mm-hmm. I just don't enjoy it. You don't enjoy yeah, it. It's only the it's only the crowning jewel of uh, a perfect franchise and considered one of the greatest games of all time. It's fine. <laughs> yep. So no fights there. And okay. I don't understand why. Right. Well, I want to understand why. I've played it a little bit since I've talked about why I don't like it. You know, there's some. And I still don't understand why. There's something proud about not liking games that everyone likes. And, you know, I've kind of built my throne around that. Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo, you're okay. Nothing special. 
uh, Souls-like games. I'll play you, but, you know, I won't stick with you. Final Fantasy, I, I mean, you're good. At some point, you're just foolish. Like, <laughs> like you, you can say that, yeah, Citizen Kane, it's not your favorite kind of movie, but you still have to acknowledge that it's the greatest movie ever made. Uh, you know, the eye of the beholder. Uh, if, if it doesn't make my toes tapping, it's not going to be a song I play. That's just uh, the bottom line. So what you guys are saying is you're capable of being objective. <laughs> well, you know, I can acknowledge why other people like it. You know, and I can appreciate the time that went into it. Shoot, I saw a video on how hard it is to put Resident Evil 2 on N64. Uh, those guys were magicians, how they did it. Uh, but, you know, it's it, at the end of the day, it's like, where does your money go? You know, after you're done playing a game, was it time worth spending? Now, I will tell you that I am absolutely in love with the Bioshock series. Even the one I'm supposed to legally hate, which is number two. And so, I will gush all day about that series. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bioshock games are, are, are really great. I mean, I, I agree. I like Bioshock 2 more than I like Infinite. Oh. I know that might get me some hot water, but... No, I'm right there with you. The first Bioshock game was perfect. I enjoyed Bioshock 2. And Infinite was was good, but it felt different. Like Bioshock like Bioshock 3 felt like it was trying to live up to its own hype and it just couldn't it couldn't deliver to me. Dang. We we need to change the name of this podcast to Unpopular Opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. as you were saying. I'll, I will own that my opinion on Breath of the Wild is wrong, but I don't, like, I, I want to experience the hype that everyone has built around it, mm -hmm. and I haven't experienced it yet. Right. And I will admit that no one should take advice from me about video games, because I'm probably the only one who enjoys... Uh, my games and puts them in the order that I do. But hey, here we are. That's In a podcast. Yeah. Uh, by the way, let's I was. Go on, let's do this. Yes. Let's okay. Go so, uh, game news. There's nothing really that much to talk about for the news today in games. Yeah. There's a a, sum, well, a summer sale. A little something you know called the Steam Summer Sale that everyone always looks forward to every single year. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I made a little list uh, of games that I was either looking forward to or like I knew people were have been talking about a little bit. Uh, but what, what were some of the games that uh, you were hoping to either be on the Steam Summer Store, uh, Summer Sale, or the uh, games you're looking forward to buying from the Steam Summer Sale. So here's the thing. Uh, you're either going to be proud of me or disgusted, but I decided <laughs> to skip the Summer Sale 
because I have 230 games. Um, 230 games that need Papa's love. And, and because I have that, like, I just, you know, I can't bring another child into this world that I'm not going to love. And, and so I, I said in my heart, Lord, I, you know, I'm going to practice safe steam and we're not going to produce any more games. I know. Incredible. Yeah. Um, for, uh, for me, uh, I, I want to pick up, um, uh, maybe hunt the showdown or hunt showdown. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about this game, but it's like a tactical first person shooter PVP PVE game where the game kind of starts out. It's PVP. And you kind of are dropped into this map, you got to collect supplies, and then suddenly a hunt begins, and you, you kind of make uneasy alliances, you try to take, be the person to take down this, you know, big old BC that appears, and, and it all takes place during, like, the, the 1800s Wild Wild West, it looks pretty cool. Nice. Um, yeah, there's that, and then uh, there's some games that are coming out pretty soon that I'm... Uh, I am interested in playing. There's a game um, uh, called Scorn that's coming out uh, in the fall. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but um, sounds familiar. It's like this. What? It sounds familiar. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's coming out in the in the fall, uh, but it's like this kind of like really creepy, atmospheric first-person horror adventure game. Um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it, it seems like it's gonna mess with people's heads. Um, it, the trailer is that you are literally just being born into this world of devastation. And, like, the opening scene is just you pulling out your umbilical cord. <laughs> oh. What is the name of this? Scorn, S-C-O-R-N. I mean, it's very, like, 90s, like, alt-history, Cthulhu, horror, survival sort of game. It looks really interesting. I really don't think there's anything out on the market like that. And um, there is one more game that I was hoping would be out by, by now, and it is um, currently... Uh, it is currently uh, not available for purchase, although it was supposed to be. The uh, the Hogwarts Legacy, um, oh, that, yeah. the Harry Potter uh, open world game, um, that's supposed to be out by now, but it's not. So, you know, those are mm -hmm. wishless things. What about so, you, Dan? Uh, so I, I had a couple of... Uh, we were talking with Mike a little bit uh, the other the other week while we were recording about uh, uh, a tabletop slash uh, video game thing called Armello that's on sale. Uh, so that that's something I'm a hundred percent going to be picking up. Um, and I uh, so this game uh, a different game I was looking into. Uh, I've been saying I'm going to buy it the next time it goes on sale, and then I don't buy it on sale. 
And then after the sale's over, I'm like, oh, I'll buy it next time it's on sale. And I've been doing that for, like, the past ten years. Uh, that's Tabletop Simulator. Um, and, and just, um, the, I've always been like, oh, hey, I want to go hang out and, like, play board games or whatever with people. But I'm like, but do I really want to leave my house? <laughs> Uh, but I still want to play, play games with friends, and sometimes, uh, if you don't really want something too intensive, like, um, uh, I don't know, Apex or, uh, League or something, uh, that's going on in front of us, and we have to focus on the game, um, but at the same time, I don't want to play something super simple, just, like, mind-numbing, uh, similar to Animal Crossing. So, um, I, I think Tabletop Simulator will really fill in that gap for me. And I have some, some friends that just enjoy playing games, uh, but they, they live in different states. Like, um, one of my good friends, Jeff, he lives down in Pennsylvania now. Um, and I'd like to play more games with him, but you know what? I can't, unless I take a four-hour drive to go see him. Hmm. Uh, I, I also saw, uh, where was it? I'm on my Steam right now. Uh, where's my wish list? I also saw that there's there's a game, uh, there's two games that I've been really wanting to get. Uh, one is a game called Rogue Legacy 2. I don't know if you guys have seen that or not. Oh, that was, that was like the granddaddy of roguelites. Oh yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, so they they made a second one, uh, and it I've seen some gameplay of it, and it looks amazing. It looks like a lot of fun, uh, but at the same time, I didn't want to spend the twenty five dollars on it. <laughs> it looked like a lot of fun, and now it's a whopping twenty percent off. Uh, so for those of you who don't want to do math, it goes from twenty five dollars down to twenty dollars. Oh. Um, so it save a whole five dollars on it. It's not twenty five dollars um, of fun, but it's twenty dollars of fun. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh. yeah. And then there's uh, one more game called Caves of Cud, um, and that's like the traditional OG roguelike, um, like. You play in this uh, in this world of post-apocalyptic uh, worlds been destroyed. Um, it's not quite ASCII symbols, um, but it is pretty similar to that. Uh, but if you die in the uh, in your copy of the game of Caves of Cud, uh, you could leave behind a legacy. Uh, a legacy. Uh, character that will start roaming around inside of your save mm. um, in your world so it, it just looks like uh something that i've been wanting to play just never came around to doing until i saw that it's on sale for 10 percent off so I, I realized my answer was kind of boring so before i made this decision i had 24 games on my wish list Twenty-four games that uh, the old Mike 
would have uh, plopped down some hard cash. Um, one of them was the uh, the Warhammer Forty Thousand uh, Marine, uh, which is like the a third person Gears of War esque shooter. Uh, yep. It was they just remastered it, and it looked really good. So I really wanted to get that. Uh, all right yeah so steam sale i keep getting emails from like the five video game stores that i've personally bought from and they're like all oh, your wish lists are on sale you know you have the gog.com and they're like you can get a quake 2 for a nickel uh, you can get, you know, the original Raymond game for two nickels. And it's just like, oh, don't do this to me. Just saying, like, Vermintide 2 is on sale for 80% off. Yeah. I wouldn't mind dropping $6 for you to come join us. Mm. But we also have Backroot Blood, which is yes. uh, basically the same thing. Except not medieval. Oh, good. <laughs> So, yeah, I know how you feel about it, Adam, but I always remember why I don't like those uh, Here Comes the Horde games. Because it's all fun and games until you're trapped by a thousand of them, and you're just trying to just load your shotgun, but they're all, like, biting your face. And you're like, this is supposed so, to be fun? So the nice thing about Vermintide... There's actually a melee action that you can use, uh, or ability. And what it does is it knocks down all enemies around you in a 360 degree. Uh, that gives you enough time to reload or run away or whatever. You might have had, yeah. Dan, you always have the answer when I'm annoyed with a game, and I like that. <laughs> I'm still on. I'm still on that monster's... Monster Hunter, where you get a dog that <laughs> runs around with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Monster Hunter. Uh, that's that's another one of my favorites, mm -hmm. but I know you're not super big on it. Mm -hmm. So, moving on, the title of this I, podcast is going to be Wrong Opinions Only. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. This episode... Yeah. Wrong opinions only. Yep. You were going to say something? No. And, uh, I was trying to come up with the title. <laughs> Mike, Adam, and Dan's Wrong Opinions Only. Yes. It sounds like, uh, uh, shoot, what's that Anthony Bourdain show? Places uh, Unknown? No Reservations. Oh. Places Unknown. Ah. Uh. So, Mike and Adam, wrong opinions. Yeah. So, moving this train, Adam, do you have a quiz for us today? I do, and it's the classic guess the IGN review score. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a quick uh, a name and a, a quick overview of a game, and you guys have to try to tell me what the rating is on a scale of 1 to 10. Some use decimals, and uh, if you guess on the dot what the uh, the score is, uh, you can change my name 
in uh, Discord to a, a game, a name of your choice. Um, otherwise, it's for bragging rights. You guys ready? Oh my gosh, I've never been a player yeah, for absolutely. this. I am so ready. Okay, we're starting off strong. Are you guys ready for this game? All right, yes. Yeah, Zoo Tycoon. Okay, this game is. Oh. <laughs> nope, this game is called Bikini Karate Babes. <laughs> um, so this game is exactly. This is the. Uh, this is from the the review. This is exactly like Street Fighter the movie, Way of the Warrior, and that one part of Demolition Man on the 3DO. This is uh, an FMV. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot to mention. This is an FMV game. <laughs> So it's like Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball, but with actual people. <laughs> um, this FMV endowed fighter comes with a single terrific aspect and then a whole bunch of horrible. That singular shining perversive joy stems from the fact that you never, ever have to play it. <laughs> because <laughs> the only way to buy it is through the a website, and the website no longer exists. <laughs> oh man, man, that just seems like uh, oh, man. that's one of my two hundred and thirty uh, games that I have to beat. <laughs> uh, so I'll blur what the game is. It incorporates FMV characters who are all bikini wearing women, schooled in the fine art of karate, which no- involves the coveted laser breast shot. The devastating bosom suffocation maneuver, <laughs> the only, the always dreaded gentle butt spank. I'm telling you, it's pronounced karate. <laughs> okay, all right. On a, on a scale of one to ten, using decimals, uh, what do you guys think it is, and do you have any questions? Uh, well, I think I can. I have lots of questions. <laughs> I have no answers. <laughs> what were you saying? Well, you know, uh, my, I'm guessing it's not as uh, keenly made as Dead or Alive. Uh, I was kind of hoping you were going to say Bikini Bottom Babes, which is a a SpongeBob spinoff. But uh, I'm going to say a 3.2. Oh, okay, okay. Dan? I'm going to take the ever-so-spicy 4.2. We're going to do The Price is Right, closest without going over. And uh, I guess it's it's Mike. This game has a solid (laughs) (laughs) 1.5. Bikini Karate Babes is a 1.5 out of 10. (laughs) I'm, I'm guessing the editor didn't even like the women. If that's the score. Tony was extremely professional. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Okay. uh, So the next one. Oh, and mind you, these are all um, PC games. So they might be PC ports or they, um, yeah, you you guys know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, The Walking Dead, the final season, episode two. So this is the... uh, uh, what's the company called? Um, Telltale? Not, not, not. Telltale. Um, yeah. The PC port. Um, for those of you that don't know, this game is, uh, is one of those text adventure games where you make choices and decisions. Um, yeah. 
this is the the PC port. Um, what do you guys think? If I'm remembering correctly, people were like super big into it, but I think the port had a lot of bugs in it or something. I believe. Or not bugs. Complaints? Uh, are you talking about all the scandals they got into by not paying their workers? Preferably the female workers? <laughs> well, there's that, too. I, I might just be thinking of people who are complaining about the company in general mm -hmm. and not the game. I don't remember. You could be thinking uh, of WWE 2K20. I don't know, but I'm going to stick <laughs> with my with my guns. I'm going to go with a 6.1. Oh, dang. I'm going to go with the fact that I've only heard good things about these games and go with an 8.5. Well, you guys will be shocked to hear that the IGN score is a 5. Oh. What? Yeah. Maybe I didn't hear about Cassidy. this one. Um, yeah, Cassidy Moser gave it a five on IGN. Okay. Uh, so I think the point goes to Dan on that one. Well, I, I busted though, right? No, but it will just go closest. Uh, okay. Someone's got to get the point. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Next up. This is for the incredible game, Hot Wheels Unleashed. <laughs> is, um, isn't that a Dave and Buster's game? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> On the PC, here's a blurb. Perhaps best described as a head-on collision between itty-bitty burnout and a tiny Trackomania turbo, Hot Wheels Unleashed is an endearing arcade stunt racer. Hey, what do you guys think? Out of 10. Um... Is there any decimals in this one? No. Okay, I'm gonna go, I'm that. gonna go with a solid eight. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Dan. I feel like Adam was uh, lowballing us with the last couple of. Now this one's gonna go super high, but so, at the same time, he could be setting up for the next one. Um, it's also IGN, so. I've also never heard of this game before. <laughs> so, I think I'm going to go with my second guess and say this one's also going to be a low one. And I'm going to go with a four. Dang! Wow. Dang! Michael wins! Michael wins because Hot Wheels Unleashed has a solid nine! Nine! Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. They gave it a nine. I... They gave it the same as... The Halo Infinite multiplayer. Wow. <laughs> wow. IGN. Mm -hmm. it, they love their games. They. Yeah. I think it's they a. Do. They do. Unless it's okay, Karate uh, Babes. Yeah, exactly. They hate it. <laughs> okay. Um. This is a uh. You know a, a recipe for a surefire hit. This is a video game. Um. A video game of a movie. Uh. And it's. The, uh, the critically acclaimed movie, R.I.P.D. Um, <laughs> Rest in peace, Division. Yes. Um, here's a blurb. Um, 
While the models resemble ugly versions of Jeff Bridges and Ryan Reynolds' characters, impossible. There's almost no, there's <laughs> almost no voice work. Um, there, however, and when there is uh, voice work, it's a one-liner sped up by an unrecognizable voice actor. Similarly, there's no expanded story content, and uh, and uh, and as you'd expect from a multiplayer game. The only inkling we get of what's going on in the game comes from the poorly narrated exposition on Startup. Well, if that um, doesn't sound like a perfect three, I don't know what is. What's the name of the game? IPD the game. IPD the game. I remember. Don't look it up. Uh, yeah, I remember that game. Uh, well, I remember the movie was supposed to be like Men in Black with ghosts, which, you know, Ghostbusters. Right. Um, but, yeah, movie was horrible. Game even worse. I think this was the movie game that told developers we need to stop making games based on movies. Here's hoping. <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, what are you giving it? I'm giving it a, a perfect two. Okay, so that that's amazing. Yep, yep. That means they smiled just a little while playing it, just a tiny bit. I mean, I think they exhaled loudly <laughs> yeah. through their nose. Yeah. To me, um, to me, a, a game that's a five is a game that acknowledges that it exists. Like yeah. if it, every game runs, it's a five. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, that has to be the standard, right? Like, right. If it's a video game, it's a five. Anything less is just like, you know. <laughs> like, okay. yeah, even games with a six are, like, extremely boring, but there's nothing horrible about them. So, this game couldn't even be good enough to be boring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, here's the last one. Here's a game called Pray for the Gods. It's spelled P-R-A-E-Y uh, for the gods. Um, here's a, a little uh, blurb about it. Uh, there are a few more appealing. Uh, there are few more appealing game premises than slaying a series of giant monsters by climbing them, uh, like moving mountains to deal death uh, to deal a death blow from above. And yet, there are also a few more disappointing experiences than having that premise come up so woefully short as it does in Pray for the Gods. Hmm. Uh, what do you guys think? On a scale of 1 to 10. That's a, that's a 5. That's a... That's a... It exists. It, it sounds like a bad knockoff of... Uh, what's that Colossus game? Shadow of the Colossus. Yep. So... And I hold that game in pretty high regard. So having a bad knockoff 
makes me very disappointed. So I'm gonna go low again and go with like a f- four point four. <laughs> you guys are pretty close. It's a four. Oh. That means Dan wins. Dan wins. And I'm glad you got to experience a, a quiz for once, Mike. I did. I was so excited. Now, as always, the winner gets an Apple II computer. So, Dan, just send your address to Adam. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I'll make sure it gets the bedroom next to yours. <laughs> I don't know that street. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that brings us, you know, I love that levity. That brings us to our philosophical question. Um, so, in my mind, there's two kinds of video game experiences. There's the multiplayer competition esports, which are light on story, uh, light on innovative gameplay, but heavy on competition. Um, or there's the single player adventure, which is uh, high on story and cinematics and puzzles. If you had to choose between the multiplayer game, just playing multiplayer games for the rest of your life, or just playing single player adventures for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Man, that's such a tough, that's such a tough question, Mike. Mm-hmm. You really got me in a pickle over here. Um, you know, because I, I really do think, you know, all the all the quote-unquote best games that have ever been made are, are unilaterally, you know, single-player single player story-driven games, right? Like, you got your mm-hmm. PS4 Spider-Mans, you got your, um, you know, your Uncharted's, you got your, your Halos. You know, Halo does have multiplayer, but, um, you know, your Last of Us. Um, you know, uh, man, I, Mario 64, Zelda's, mm-hmm. but if you were to ask me the games that I play most, it's, it's multiplayer games and they're not all great. <laughs> I play a lot of really bad multiplayer games like Paladins and, <laughs> yeah. um, Left for, uh, what was it? Left for, not Left for Dead. Back for Blood. Back for Blood. Um, Not your cup of tea. Uh, but, the, you know, there's some good ones like Overcooked or um, Unrailed or Derailed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Portal 2. I know. Multiplayer experience. I know this is tough for me. What do you, what do you guys think? Well, it's the age-old question. Do you want bros or shows? If you get single player, you get shows. Um, and right now, I'm absolutely hooked on Bioshock. Uh, it's, I don't know, it has an effect on me that makes me want to just keep playing it more. Um, with that said, there's like 50 single-player games I started, and I'm like, eh, this is, I don't feel like finishing it. Um, on the other side of the coin, there's the multiplayer experience, where even if the game sucks, I still get to talk to you guys. And we still get to we still get to count it as a memory, 
So right. if I'm going for like, what's the healthiest thing? Uh, I would say I'd be leaning towards the esports because at least, at least I could, you know, do something social. They do have an online Pokemon called Temtem. And while I do believe it's a thinly veiled uh, copyright infringement on Pokemon, uh, you could have the best of both worlds, bros and, well, average monster hunting. <laughs> there, there is a Pokemon uh, MOBA out. I forget what it's called. I think uh, Pokemon Unite. Yeah, Pokemon Unite. Maybe that's the next game you should stream, guys. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, hey, you know, and I, I think at the end of the day, um, what I, what I, uh, what I would choose is, I think I would choose the multiplayer. I think I have to keep it right. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's how I hang out with all you guys. Um, and like you said, they're they're just memories there playing multiplayer games. Um. And, you know, if I really, if I really want a single-player game experience, I'll just watch all the video clips <laughs> on YouTube. Yeah, you know, you, I'll you watch a Let's Play. You bring up a good point. Video games have this distinct disadvantage. They want to be as good as a movie and good as a story. But all that means nothing if you can't enjoy the puzzles or if you keep dying. Um, in a book or a movie, you can't fail the book, and then the book refuses to finish for you. You know, like a movie can't say, uh, you didn't understand the plot, we're not going to go any further. Um, so video games have that advantage where you get to enjoy it, like you get to play with it. But if you stink at it, then you don't get rewarded anymore. I guess you could yeah. say the same with esports. If you stink at it, then everyone just swears at you and says you're the worst, <laughs> worst thing ever to happen to video yeah. games. But, but counterpoint to that, like the the other week we were playing Apex uh, with Adam, Sam, and I, mm -hmm. and I, I was in the two v one. I killed one guy, uh, and I was part way through fighting another guy, and I run out of ammo. In both my primary and secondary guns. Then I'm like, I need help. I'm about to die. The guy comes around with a shotgun. And Sam, in all of his full-blown glory, slides in through the door and blasts him in the face with a shotgun. And I immediately propose to Sam. <laughs> so, like, you can't give memories like that playing single player. Uh, it's so true. No, exactly. It's so true. And, and <laughs> I wish I could be that guy that helps you. I wish I could be Shotgun Sam, but instead, but instead I'm like, sh like I'm bullets in the shoulder, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> 
like maybe two bullets in the shoulder. Whoa, Mike. <laughs> like if there was a game where you get points for like getting the bullet close to them, like I'd be a pretty high level. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. And um, to kind of build off your point, Mike, I I, I think um, I think the last uh, the Last of Us game kind of really showed um, the problem that um, the video game designers and studios are going to run into is, you know, like with a movie or with a, a TV show, you know, those are, those are point of views and stories that are being told to us. We don't have mm-hmm. any agency with a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we sit and we watch and we, we get told what happens and we have, we have no choice in the matter. Um, but when you start to play video games, that's when you start having agency, right? Like you can mm-hmm. choose what to do. Um, in the, you know, it's it's in the past it started off small with things like Mario, right? Like you can choose which platform to jump on, or mm-hmm. you know which Goomba you want to smush. You know, but then it slowly grows to stuff like in Bioshock, right? Like you get to choose between. You know, harvesting the little sisters for Adam, or you can let them go and get a, a smaller amount of Adam, but you get like a better ending. Um, but ultimately, uh, you know, those choices didn't really affect the the ending of games. Um, no. Nope. And then you have games like Mass Effect, where um, at least in the first two, uh, your choices really do dictate how what kind of endings you get, and they, they have real, you know, serious consequences. Um, but then with The Last of Us, sometimes characters in the game make decisions that individuals would never make. And I, I, you know, spoilers for a game that's like two or three years old now. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people upset that Joel dies pretty early on in The, uh, in, mm-hmm. in the Last of Us Part 2. And um, people were, were upset about that because... You know, I think they felt like the agency was taken out of their control, and then they were forced to play as his killer uh, for parts of the game, the beloved protagonist of you know the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's a that's a that's something that video game producers are, are going to have to start thinking about into the future. Is like how do you present this as a as a way of because you know you give players agency, but also at the same time. You're still telling them a story. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't really deviate. Yeah. Uh, modern Modern Warfare, the first one, had you 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 have this wonderful soldier that you're doing mighty and brave feats with, destroying terrorists left and right, and then in a cutscene, an atomic bomb drops <laughs> on him, and you see the character like stumble out and just get sick and die and you're like okay he's gonna wake up because only i get to decide when he dies right right no the game killed my character for me yeah and and people don't like that yeah like what if in mario like after you beat the first level wario kicks you in a pit and says i'm the main character now comes down to choice right like no matter what decisions you make in video games the ending is going to happen yeah exactly how the 
the producer wrote it up, right? Like Cyberpunk, it might have different endings, but they're all endings that are predetermined by the studio. You can't do something that will change an ending that's never been done before. However, in multiplayer games, that experience is totally different because the story isn't necessarily what's happening on screen. The story is the story that you're creating with your friends. Right? Uh, like if you're you're playing Sea of Thieves, like you might be on a mission to find some buried treasure, but the story becomes, oh, haha, good old Lewis over here got in a fight with a monkey and got blown up. <laughs> like that, that's the story, right? And you have complete agency over what happens during that, mm-hmm. as opposed to like a single player experience where you're experiencing a story being told to mm-hmm. you, if that makes sense. So I think for me, like I'll always choose a multiplayer experience over a curated first person. Um, because yeah. like I can get a first-person experience, arguably in a better way, via TV or movies, and that's just me. Yeah, or a book, even or a, a book. even 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 choose your own adventure is kind of like a single-player video game. So there you right. go. Right, right, and again, like a, a choose your own adventure, it has a predetermined outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Like it has. Um. Yeah, and. You might not always be happy with that. Right. Oh, that was a good one. I really like that. Good discussion. Bros before shows. Amen. All right. Okay. All right. So, um, we have a show in town. Do we have a show in town? Uh, yes, but do we have time right now for uh? Yeah. For that, where, where are we at time-wise, Mike? We're ten minutes to five o'clock. Oh wow, this is getting well, real. Of recording time, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, since it's so spliced up, I couldn't tell you. Um, <laughs> How long has this half been? I think it's been a little under an hour. Do we do we want to do show and tell? Do we have time? For, or you can make it real quick. I'll I'll condense it. Yes. I was gonna do a little, a little bit like uh, what you did last time, Mike, of um, making your own spinoff on a game. Oh, but nice. Going off of our quick discussion on Discord of uh, first-person shooters and uh, whether uh, fantasy is a oversaturated genre. How mm-hmm. would we create our own fantasy shooter game? Uh, like a uh, medieval fantasy first-person shooter. Oh, so you want to go medieval. Okay. Yeah. So... Just but... combine the two oversaturated medium and making our own medium out of that, of a first-person shooter medieval fantasy so here i've thought a lot about this actually there is absolutely no um there's no market for dinosaurs in medieval times imagine imagine you know sir sir galahad riding a raptor and it uh, slaying the triceratops um the the magician or the you know the wizard he can hypnotize a t-rex um that you know i would i would absolutely 
absolutely love to see what dinosaurs in a medieval game would look like. Because, you know, T-Rexes are just dragons and brontosauruses married together. Right. That's right. Okay, okay. I can see that. I think that would be, be interesting. Would you keep... Would you keep... Uh... Would you keep the Skyrim aspect to it? Skill trees, leveling items, that sort of stuff? I, I think there would be a lot of animal husbandry, raising of dinosaurs. I want your primary attacks to be like a uh, raptor lunge. Or, you right. know, you, you teach your uh, triceratops to gore. I love that. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, and so here's my idea. Here's my pitch. Um, I, I feel like we, we get a lot of um, games kind of like Kingdom Come Deliverance. I don't know if you guys know this game, but it's like a, it's like a hyper-realistic right. um, medieval high fantasy. Actually, it's not high fantasy. It's just it's low, low fantasy. It, it's based on, it's based on you know, real medieval times. But the game is just like, oh, you have to eat. Otherwise, you start losing strength, and then your strength modifier goes down. Or if you don't bathe... <laughs> you get stinky and your charisma goes down. Um, that, that sort of game. Uh, and, it, you know, it's got a, a very extensive skill tree. Um, the sword fighting is like, if you don't line up the edge of this blade here perfectly, then you won't parry it. Sort of game. Wow. It's super awesome. Or, you know, you get games kind of like Dark Souls, or you get games, you know, kind of like Skyrim, which are more action RPGs. Um but here's where I'm, I, I'm here to tell you. I want the opposite of Kingdom Come Deliverance. I want an arcade, just straight-up brawler <laughs> of a medieval RPG. You know, there's, you know, you can play a set four classes. You get just dropped into this village, and you just, you should just havoc. Just, you just, <laughs> you go to town. Um, you know, but I, I want it. I want it to be, you know, like the quality of like a Skyrim, right? Like there's, there's a depth, there's story, there's all this stuff. But man, you just get to punch the snot out of, so, you know, villagers or, you know, you get to get sweet swords. Um, I, I would just love, I love the idea of like a really serious game, like Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. like story level of like all these twists and turns and then the gameplay it's just you button it's... mashing. <laughs> oh my gosh. So this combo breaking stuff. So there's like Devil May Cry sword combos where you're juggling them in the air, but like Matrix bullet time where you can slow down things and parkour. Exactly. Exactly. And you're just you're just going to town on people. <laughs> like you, you can jump into catapults and get launched. <laughs> like yeah. All, everything that you've ever wanted to do in a medieval RPG. Um, and, but with like a really super serious storyline. Right. <laughs> That's what I want. I would. More than anything. I would play the junk out of that. That, that sounds, we'll, we'll put dragons in there, dinosaurs too. Right. I mean, we, we have really just one game. It's not two different games. Oh, it's the same game. Yeah. Sir, Sir, so, Sir Galahad's, uh, elder dinosaurs adventure. Beat them up. <laughs> so, so let me pitch this idea to you. We combine the two into a medieval version of Planet Side Two. Uh, if you guys have ever played that game, um, it's a it's country versus country. 
three factions. Uh, like in Planet Side, there's three factions. One's more technological, one's more uh, mass produced, and then the other one's more is alien, basically. But inside of this game that we're making, you have one faction that's like they've harnessed the power of dinosaurs yes. uh, and they ride around on like velociraptors. Yes. Uh, and uh, they're all about like you know that mounted cavalry. Mm-hmm. Um, that the there's another faction that's like all about launching yourselves into the <laughs> enemy's capital <laughs> using catapults or whatever. And then the third faction is I don't know. Uh, they're the the traditional medieval knights in armor riding on horses. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and each each faction will have its own like you know uh, bonus or whatever. But there's an overarching story of like me as a person. I'm playing for Sir Galahad and his uh, his Velociraptor troop. <laughs> uh, and my my actions in this uh the siege of um i don't know tri Tyrannosaurus hill uh have uh made an impact in this uh i don't know not arc uh chapter i guess so in each chapter would go over the course of i don't know three months and uh after those three months it'd be like okay X, Y, and Z happens. Here's how the territory has changed. And uh, you just kind of shape your own world within uh, this this game that we've, we're in. Okay. Guys, I have the main developer from CD Projekt, uh, creator of Witcher. He is yep. writing this down. Yep, yep, Triceratops. T-R-I. Yep, Triceratops. Okay, uh, he, he has to make a few phone calls, but I think we got it. All right, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so a little yeah, spin-off of I that. Ultimately, oh. I was just going to say, you know, in the heart of spin-offs, and uh, what Adam said, <laughs> can we have a World War II game that doesn't stick to its timeline? Like... Uh, you 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 storm the beats the beaches of Normandy. You have uh, dual Uzis. Um, <laughs> the White Stripes is playing a song, uh, and you have to you have yeah you have to take down uh, you know Nazis that are in those uh, skydiving squirrel suits. modern warfare but like skinned world war ii yeah (laughs) what's that uh arcade game with the the red and blue guns um time crisis yes that's what it sounds like to me (laughs) a time crisis modern warfare call of duty yeah (laughs) everyone has to have roller skates I don't know why that's important. <laughs> but the, the the wheels on the roller roller skates have to have LEDs in them. <laughs> and and also there's a half pipe where you can do tricks when you're not fighting. 
Beetle. And all all the uh, people with the red wheels are bad, and all the people with the <laughs> blue and green uh, wheels are good. Uh, Winston Churchill's ultimate is uh, Omni Slash, which is very similar to the Final Fantasy VII Ultimate. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, any anything we can say to top that? I nope. I don't think so. <laughs> nope. Absolutely beautiful uh, is what I call it. I, I would I, buy those two games for $80 a pop. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't even need a Steam summer sale for what we just created. Mm-hmm. I'd even Maybe even a hundred. Yeah, even the DLC, which involves uh, Taylor Swift's album, I want it. Yeah, it, it's incredible. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for taking this long adventure with us. Uh, we here at Wrong Opinions Only. Or video games and feelings. Uh, yes. We we just want to reiterate: Nintendo, PlayStation, uh, Xbox, PC, whatever you play, it's probably something I won't get behind. <laughs> just because I have such different opinions, but that's okay. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Middle click Mike. And I am uh, Import Datsun Dan. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Oh, man. We'll see you later. Bye bye. Bye bye.